0: episode uh, episode <laughs>
1: si. seven si 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 uno due tre quattro cinque siete
2: very nice yes welcome back to the basement episode seven today we are recording a very special episode with a very special guest about some italian stuff so we're recording an episode about the godfather
1: yes happy saint patrick's day happy
2: saint yeah. patrick's day as you're drinking your guinness <laughs> you know, maybe put a meatball as a floater, getting, a meatball Get rid of that
1: kiss. St. Patrick's Day hangover, get your yeah. vino, exactly. get ready get for a, the godfather. Get
2: a nice chicken parm sub, soak up yeah. all that whiskey. That um, is good. But we are a sibling-run production company, obviously, it's obvious. <laughs> oh, we say it every time. Where This is a sibling reproduction How many times company. do you want us to tell can you? Can't you yeah.
1: see the resemblance through hey, your we're headphones? we're family.
0: We make videos. What do you want us to tell you? You can literally hear the resemblance. Yes, but,
2: yeah. but we are, we come from an Italian-American family. One of our grandfathers was an immigrant from Sicily. The other side is from Naples, so we are very, very Italian. And uh, I think it uh, is important to talk about the pop culture, the movies, the television shows that kind of influence how we think about our family. Yeah. And um, that's what we're going to be doing today.
1: It's always in the back of our minds, I think.
2: That's in the back of our minds and a nice bite of pizzas in the front of our mouths. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, I like my focaccia. Give me that focaccia.
2: But uh, before we talk about all that, we need to briefly discuss... The Oscars, 2022. Dun, 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 the Oscars, dun, dun, the 95th Academy Awards. Yes. Oh, I'll have you know lot. that two people here uh, had a very uh, great selection for favorite film of 2022 in episode two. Ash and I both said everything everywhere uh, once And for one of favorite. us
1: even wrote a blog post about it. You can see that on the website.
0: basement.video <laughs> read the blog. But Bub, you were saying that only two of us had good picks for best picture of the year?
2: Well, I'm just saying no, no, that we picked. No, no, you saying
1: two of us picked it, baby. Oh, We accurately.
2: picked it, baby. Yes.
1: Actually, actually. I don't maybe?
2: know if I said that. I, I didn't think it was going to win the Oscar. Baba, I just thought it was yeah, my favorite. I don't yeah. think
1: actually <laughs> one of us did. There's a man taking a woman's credit again. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: no. I just said that we had selected as our favorite film an Oscar winner. Okay, and
1: I'm just saying I wrote a blog post with the subtext, Why Ashley from Haunted Basement wants everything everywhere all at once to win Best Picture at the 95th Academy
0: Awards. And I'm just saying that I do think in 20 to 30 years from now, people are going to remember TAR, and they're going to remember Top Gun Maverick. Wow, it's
2: fighting words right there. Holy I shit. finally <laughs> oh watched. My God. I
1: finally watched TAR yeah and in a way i agree with you aj and i think the reason i didn't love it
2: oh jesus oh boy
1: sorry brian i think the reason i didn't love it is because it was like too topical it was just like reading something from the headlines right now
0: it was like reading a new yorker article
1: that was so funny at the oscars when jimmy kimmel said that
0: yeah (laughs)
1: But anyways, it felt too real.
0: It's hyper present and topical. Hyper
1: topical. I was just like, Oh yeah,
2: I don't I don't wanna watch this right now. Just because it's uncomfortable?
1: No, because like I can see it in the news. It felt like I would turn on the news and there was a story about Lydia Tarr on and I would be like, Oh, okay, that's uh, that's happening it. now.
0: It's about cancel culture in a way that's like I don't even know if we're ready to process I this know, yet yeah, because we're still exactly. living in it but it still does such an incredible job of capturing the present moment it's too long i think by 30 minutes but it, oh, it is a good it is a long. very very good
2: movie
1: so like in the beginning they mention the pandemic they mention gender inequality and brett kavanaugh
2: oh so this and is so an so escapist it puts you film right
1: it yeah. puts you right in 2021 <laughs> and 2022 it made me disinterested because i want to escape from all this Right. And now I'm watching it again. Right now, especially at the, after the pandemic, I said this in the podcast and I'm going to say it again. That's why I loved Everything Everywhere all at once because it took me out of that. It gave me a little bit of like seeing myself in it, but it took me to the crazy world of the multiverse.
2: Hot dog fingers.
0: Yeah. yeah. My argument is that people would not have seen Everything Everywhere all at once, especially not in theaters, if they had not already gone back to theaters to see Top Gun Maverick. Agree. I'm not gonna argue
1: with you there. I love Top Gun. I do.
2: Oh but is her (laughs) butt.
1: I'm not gonna argue with you. I don't know what you want me to say. I'm just telling you. Uh,
2: There is something more timeless about everything everywhere all at once. And I think And
1: original, hello. And
2: I think awarding the actors that they did and the representation that that film offers is a really it's a much needed and a a super incredibly well deserved accomplishment
1: does it make you mad when that guy won the academy award for best editor and he's like this is my second movie Um,
2: oh my god it did make me mad (laughs) it it
0: made me mad and i was also very inspired by it because i looked up his story He started in, like, public television in Alabama. He met the Daniels at a party in Los Angeles, like, a decade ago, and they liked him, and they asked him to edit the music video for Turn Down for What, which went on to, like, get a billion views on YouTube. Yeah, just proof that, like, sort of is a mixture of talent and being in the right place at the right time. Was I upset when this man who was around my age saying that it's the second movie he's ever edited won an Oscar? Yes. Congratulations, Paul Rogers.
1: Come on the podcast. Come on the
0: podcast. Come on. We're the podcast, very, yeah. we're jealous of you, but also
1: jealousy is just a sign of flattery and respect. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hidden, we respect hidden far you far yeah. beneath yeah. the yeah. layers.
2: He's probably hoping that he could go back and edit his speech so it doesn't end yeah. with so yeah. yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but he was also probably so stunned that he's just won with his second so, film, the second yeah. feature. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway. You know who else won an Oscar?
1: Yeah.
0: Francis Ford Coppola for best original screenplay
2: for oh, The Godfather. Oh, we're not there yet, hey. Oh, we're still. Oh, he's just trying I to need, make a great
1: How segway. long is this intro? <laughs> uh, no, no. We have to talk about those <laughs> weird, okay, at the Oscars, the weird commercials for Disney and WB while it was going on, like. Yeah. AJ and I were texting each other. Money plays,
2: baby. Money plays. Money plays. Very depressing. we don't
1: need to see a trailer for The Little Mermaid at the 95th Oscars.
0: We don't need to see any trailers for any movies at the Oscars. Thank you very much. No,
1: I did not like that. We
0: are watching the Oscars because we love the movies. We don't need to be sold on Warner Brothers. We don't need to be sold on seeing the next Disney live action movie, which the visual effects in The Little Mermaid, when you compare them with Avatar, The Way of Water, you're like, ugh. Yucky. I know. Why would I want to see Little Mermaid?
1: Why didn't you hire James Cameron? Yeah, and then the Warner Brothers thing, it was like so strange. I was like, oh, Morgan Freeman and Margot Robbie need to get away from each other. (laughs) That was like a creepy vibe. (laughs) What? singing an for WB? Like,
0: what? The, the Academy's like, all right, all right. We, we heard what you said. We're going to put in all the categories. We'll make this ceremony long, but we're also going to add a bunch of branded content that nobody actually wants yeah. to watch to make it even longer.
1: Also, if you're going to do an ad for WB, put in the singing frog.
0: Yeah. Or if you're going to do an ad for WB, hire a Haunted Basement to make it. Now we're talking.
2: Now we're and talking. And do you know
1: who else won an Oscar? Francis Ford Coppola.
2: Coppola.
1: Coppola. Capicola. Coca Cola. <laughs> no.
0: How do you pronounce Coppola? Coppola? Capola?
2: We'll find we out. We don't know, but we'll find out. Capicola, baby. You hey. know, I just
1: like to call him Franny. Oh,
2: Franny. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Franny Ford. All right, let's andiamo into the episode. Andiamo. Andiamo. Yeah. let's go.
0: Hello and welcome back to Haunted Basement, the podcast. I'm AJ. I'm Bubba.
1: And I'm Ashley.
0: We're siblings and we run a production company called Haunted Basement. And this is our podcast where we talk about the movies, music, and pop culture that inspires and influences our video work. On today's episode, we're tackling a big subject. We're talking about the movie, The Godfather. And we decided that this subject required a very important guest. Somebody with Sicilian roots and big bushy eyebrows like us somebody who used to pick us up from soccer practice in a black car which prompted some of our teammates to ask is your dad in the mafia somebody who has a name that rhymes with tony soprano somebody who is our dad tony serrano <laughs> aka
3: dad welcome to the basement thanks for having me in the basement gang <laughs>
2: what an introduction <laughs> I think I'm going to leave oh, now. God. I don't remember soccer practice. It probably happened, but I do remember freshman year football practice. Nobody wanted to carpool when you picked me up. <laughs> They're all like, <laughs> nah, we're good. <laughs> we'll, we'll walk.
3: Well, there's two things. Number one, that's good because you creepy kids never showered anyway. And you always <laughs> want to get in like cars. Ew, uh... And number two, who has a black car now? Hey, in their yeah, me.
1: We only have Can black we? cars. You, you know go. what I mean?
3: Genetics. <laughs>
1: I don't have the last name anymore, so I got to do something.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, we gathered here today to talk about The Godfather and doing a little bit of research on The Godfather, trying to place the time that it came out in 1972. You were about 10 years old when this movie came out.
3: Did you see it in theaters when it was released? No, we never went to the theater when I was a kid. Number one, I can't recall the first time I saw it, as a matter of fact, but obviously saw it have seen it several times, and there's always something new that I garner from it, uh, because I don't watch movies like you folks do. <laughs> I don't study them. I I kind of just, I view just a few. However, in this one, there were certain things that I could relate to.
0: Was it something that was like talked about in your family, like, wow, this is a movie about Sicilian-Americans.
3: No, it wasn't really a conversation around the family. I didn't even realize that there were Sicilian roots to it, quite frankly. What do you mean? Well, until later years, I figured it out. I didn't figure it out. When it it came out in 72, I was, what, 10 years old? Probably didn't even see it then, but obviously things evolve and you get a different appreciation. Even as a teenager, when I probably first saw it, I never... Put all the parts and pieces together yeah
0: it's just like a fun
3: gangster movie when you're young that's exactly what it was now you look at it you go hey wait a minute we traveled <laughs> right. through that area in sicily <laughs> right. probably right they go wait a minute we had my grandfather did an entertainment piece at weddings like the old timer did at at yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah. Don's daughter's wedding. Wedding. they
1: all sing. <laughs> know what the opening line of the godfather is
3: uh wasn't it at the at the wedding when somebody asked, mm-hmm. comes in and asks for the favor
1: the movie starts and this is the way the book starts too but the opening line in the movie is i, I believe, believe in america
4: america has made my fortune and i raised my daughter in the american fashion i gave her freedom but i taught her neighbor to dishonor her family
1: when I watch it now, I'm like, oh, this is a fantasy movie for people who want some sort of justice and don't want to wait through all the red tape of the American criminal justice system. Because the guy who's in there saying that I believe in America, his daughter was beat up by these two kids. And in the book, it, it goes into more detail about why she was beat up and what happened to her. In the movie, it doesn't go into that much detail, but like anyone reading that would be like, "Oh my god, this guy like wants revenge," but ultimately, he never showed any kind of respect to what's his name, Don
0: Vito Don Corleone.
1: Vito, sorry, Vito. Um, Vito He never showed any kind of respect to Vito in the past. He's like, "What are you? You just gonna come out of the blue now? Now that you you need me?" Yeah, yeah. now that you need me like are you kidding me? You're asking a asking lot, me man. to do
3: murder. But to your point though, they come to America and this particular individual whose daughter has a terrible horrific experience. Right. He puts his trust in the legal system.
1: Exactly.
3: And the legal system failed him. So he said, "Okay, I'll take care of it myself." But that doesn't that still happen today? Well, that's why we're still watching this movie today.
1: It's everyone's fantasy like
3: Well, is it fantasy or is it reality? Remember that issue about vengeance. What about the politicians? Is that fantasy or is that reality? It paid off oh, politicians. Boy. We're getting real deep real <laughs> yeah.
0: quick here. I, I think the reason why this movie is still being watched today is because people can watch and be like, this does happen today, or or they they see this family, this very close-knit Italian American family who realizes we can only trust in ourselves we can't trust in the government or anyone else that's why you have uh-huh. in the opening scene michael corleone who's Vito's son he wants nothing to do with this his family to the point uh-huh. where he joins the american military right he shows up to his sister's wedding with a wasp girlfriend wearing a marine uniform and he's like that's uh-huh. my family that's not me Right. and then we see him over the course of two and a half hours, become the head of the family. I'm wondering: is it because of circumstances? Is it because Vito is on his deathbed, or does Michael realize, like, you know what? I can only trust my family. I can't trust anyone else but my family.
3: Or is it because his his brother?
0: Yeah, Sunny was Sunny's too big of a hothead to.
2: But he was too more? big of a hothead to uh, to lead the organization. Uh-huh them. Or is it because the gravitational pull of an Italian American family is too too intense to ever launch out of?
3: How about the the summit of the intensity where you're talking about the family and we can only trust each other? What happens when I can't trust you anymore?
0: Yeah, you get you get a scene like when Michael orders a hit on
3: his brother in law. So Ash, did you read the book?
1: Devoured it. Everyone said like even when I bought it, the lady was like, Oh the movie's so much better. But they're both really good
2: the book's in the 70s right uh, oh i thought that i no. thought uh, francis I ford coppola was fighting to set it yeah where the book was set because yeah, the studios the wanted to keep it cheaper and keep it you i know, current. i see yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah yeah
1: um but like the author also wrote the the screenplay with francis ford coppola so mm-hmm. obviously the integrity's still there from him but do you know why he wrote the godfather that's my favorite thing
2: no, tell no. us, Mario Puzo. So, Mario Puzzo. in the beginning
1: of the book, there's like a forward for the 50th anniversary from his son, and he was saying like, "My father really wanted to write a bestseller. You know, he's written all these novels that gotten all these acclaims but uh, and accolades, but he has never written a bestseller. So he just like sat down and wrote The Godfather."
3: Oh, no big deal. And wait a minute, what was his connection? His ethnicity?
1: He's Italian. He's Italian, And he said, like, he just knew what to write, and then all these people, like, eventually would come to him and be like, were you in the Mafia? Because, like, he got it right. Like, all these people who were in the Mafia would tell him that. And then, but my favorite thing is, so he wrote this screenplay, won an Academy Award for the screenplay. Then after, he bought a book on how to write a screenplay because he was like, I need to, like, learn how to do this. And in the beginning of the book... It said, the best screenplay ever written was The Godfather. And then he threw it out, because he was like, oh, I can't... You know, he wanted to learn, and they were talking about him.
3: I came across an interesting tidbit, and you guys may be able to confirm. Francis Ford Coppola, when they... I guess they had to talk him into... He had to be coaxed into directing. Does that sound right? It does sound right, because he just wanted
1: to do
0: experimental movies. He didn't want to make this big studio film for Paramount.
1: But why would they have... A 29 year old do this
0: he was this wonder paramount had made an italian gangster film maybe a year before the godfather mm-hmm. came out and it was not directed by an italian american and um, robert evans who was head of paramount at the time is like if we're going to make this we need to hire coppola for this we need to hire someone who's authentically italian but dad tell us what your tidbit is
3: along with that while he's directing the movie they had to they whoever it is beyond the movie suggested he get training what kind of training he wasn't thinking violent enough
1: oh uh-huh. put more violence. bring
3: violent violent, oh, I violent scenes into the movie i guess it wasn't it was a, that it was wasn't like his beautiful approach.
1: cinematography in this movie gordon I thought. willis
3: yep gordon willis the cinematographer is
0: nicknamed the prince of darkness
1: yeah he really is i wrote that in my notes like it was yeah, beautiful in darkness. But, like, yeah. that's what I thought. It's, like, more suspenseful than violent, which I appreciate because I don't like violent things. And, like, there'll be a scene where, you know, they they murder someone and then the guy asks for cannoli. Leave the gun, take the cannoli.
0: Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Dad, did your dad have any uh, opinions about The Godfather?
3: You know, we, that's what I was going to share with you, was you hear a lot about the movie being disparaging to Italians. Yeah. Really? I don't find it disparaging. I, I never, I've never heard that. Oh, well, I Me think,
0: I think people, people can, people can watch this and be like, well, this depicts Italian Americans as ultra violent
3: and... Criminal element, yeah. Yeah, yeah criminal. criminal.
1: But also like very family friendly.
2: In my family or extended family, never heard, never heard that commentary. There are a lot of rumors about how the mob responded to the making of the Godfather and what conditions they wanted set and agreed upon before it was shot. And one of the things that I read is that some mafia members or representatives like sat down with the script and asked for certain lines to be omitted. So there wasn't any connection. And then on the flip side, you know, just regular Italian Americans living in New York that were trying to get by and didn't want, you know, people not walking into their stores anymore for fear of their lives or whatever they were, they were upset because they didn't, yeah, they didn't want that kind of connection being drawn with them. And I think, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I I'm guessing that back when this movie came out in the seventies, this is what you're responding to. If you want to learn about Italian Americans, like you don't have too many other sources of, of media that are kind of helping you, yeah. you know, yeah. learn about <laughs> learn about. It these is people.
1: true because, like, also Italian Americans are like very concentrated on the East Coast, like probably New Jersey up to us. Like when I went to college, not a lot of Italians, <laughs> Italians out there <laughs> in the Midwest. No <laughs> cannolis, so, and so it's like interesting that it's it's all we know. We think there's Italians everywhere because we know. So many Italians, but you go anywhere else in the country and you're like, oh, I don't see anyone else that looks like me here. Yes. Where are my eyebrows? <laughs> and so it's really interesting. And just like, you know, Italian food is so popular and there's little Italian restaurants anywhere you go in the US, but. A, they're not good, but at least they're there. So there's like some representation of culture there. But We
2: come from a place, like you said, Ash, like kind of Italian-American and Italian culture is so prevalent. Where I am now on the West Coast, it's (laughs) not as much. And um, for example, like there's a small plates Italian place that just opened up in town, like Tapa's Italian style. and uh, the server comes around and says, we do things differently here. We have Italian family sharing style in this restaurant. It's like, that's it's not at all. Small plates are not at all like I mean, Italian I mean, sharing. It's not stuff. sharing. You need, yeah, no, you need a big like, old plate. You need like, you know, your uncle twice removed, like sweating over a pot of meatballs and his wife beater is serving a family of 18 around a table and then people walking in and out. That's like Italian family sharing style right there. <laughs>
0: We now interrupt this conversation with our dad to talk to someone who married into the family. Please welcome Bubba's wife,
4: Ellen. Hi, Ellen. Hello. Uh, wow. Hi, AJ in New York, Bubba <laughs> yeah. in the other room. I am thrilled to be joining in on some Sopranos chat. Love a good Sopranos chat.
0: I want to know moments where you're watching it with Bubba and you saw something on screen and turned to Bubba and you're like, you do this.
4: We watched all six seasons of The Sopranos in a span of three months, I think. Early 2021, so this was, I guess you could say, mid-pandemic. Um, we had just moved out of the city. We were ready to just throw ourselves into a very dark, violent show. <laughs> it was enjoyable to draw some very innocent, very innocent parallels between the, yes, yes. Emphasis on innocent parallels between the Serranos and the Sopranos. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it was just like, I don't know, even communication styles, the food, the Sunday dinners, Andrea Bocelli playing. <laughs> yeah. um, but I would say, Bubba, the big ones were what your dad, your dad's expression, which now you do as well. The, like, exclamatory, if someone does something that surprises you. Oh!
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, we knew the main character's name is Tony Soprano. You're really close to Tony Serrano. but his son is Anthony Jr., A.J. You know. Soprano. You <laughs> know.
4: Yes. I would say, too, for both of us, we found it darkly comforting. And maybe some of that is tied to, like, the... Italian-American-ness of the show, for you for sure, for me too, where my mom grew up in Jersey and she grew up in an Italian-American family and as a family we would drive down to New Jersey at least once or twice a year and I still remember the striking moment of watching the opening sequence for the first time with Tony in the car He's on the Jersey Turnpike, and I was, like, immediately reminded of those road trips down to New Jersey to see my Italian family.
0: There's also something about the New Jersey Italian accent that is unlike any other Italian-American yeah. accent. It's almost like they oh, the swallow G's. the vowels at the end of the words. Well, they had G's. Gabagool. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. How did you feel about Tony's mom?
4: Oh, she's amazing. Icon.
0: Oh, go on. She's an
4: icon. Yes. Gone too soon.
0: Oh, yeah. That is an Italian
2: grandmother right there.
4: She had a death grip on Tony. L- Literally, Just...
2: she puts a hit on, on Tony at one point. She puts a hit on her son.
0: All right. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ellen, thank you for joining us. Um, talking about Sopranos, talking about Italian-Americans.
4: Thank you. Good to see you, AJ.
2: Let's talk about our boy Francis here. So he's, I think he's 29 when the project starts, and he's in his early Crazy. 30s when the movie comes out, right? Which is mm-hmm. insane to me. Yeah, me too. That's how old I am. Um, <laughs> but he knew that it couldn't bring the authenticity of like knowing about the mob, knowing about the mafia. Mario actually, Ash, I thought you were going to mention this earlier. He had to do a ton of research, like to actually write the book, which I think is really interesting that people thought, like, Oh my god, you know so much about it, you must have like deep ties or whatever. But Francis Ford Coppola decides that what he can bring. I think here? it's coppola. Hey, what is I think it? it's coppola. <laughs> okay, coppola. Yeah. Um but coppola. you can say whatever you want. I feel I like least, it's a
0: Scorsese scorsese thing. <laughs> okay. I think it's coppola.
2: I know. Can
1: we look it up right now?
0: I'm so I don't sound like an idiot? All right. I think the Italian O is. Op- I am
1: so bad with languages. Don't ask me, and don't get Dad started on it. She understands. She can't speak. Uh, <laughs> I'm. I just don't have the. Okay. She studied abroad in Italy. Coppola. 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 You dope. I don't know. I think Hold it's on. Coppola. Coppola. Listen.
2: Pretty sure it's Coppola. It makes sense.
0: You're just yelling Coppola. at us. What's the, from who? What? Where does it say? Where?
1: The first result hey, in we, Google. We digress. Go back
3: to yeah, the okay, I know. Uh,
2: what Francis Ford Coppola decided he could bring to the movie and uh, what he was interested to bring to the movie was this sense of authenticity of just coming from an Italian-American family and knowing that like, he could bring his familiarity of having sat down to those big Italian family meals, the huge wedding, like the little details how they used to serve sandwiches, wrap sandwiches at weddings, which I had no idea was an Italian thing. Um, I didn't get that. That was in the movie? Yeah, they're throwing, they're tossing sandwiches at the <laughs> wedding at <laughs> one point. And that's like, that's the stuff that he was interested to bring and kind of inject into this movie. Oh, but I love what that I loved, wedding scene. <laughs> I found a blog post entitled Twenty facts about the Godfather that will bada boom your mind. Bada- that bo- oh my god! Bada boom your mind. Uh, one of those facts was that uh, Francis Ford Coppola had the cast sit down to family meals most nights when they were shooting, and and eat the meals in character so that they could develop that kind the of relationship. Yeah, that relationship yeah. and that dynamic as kind of a oh my like, an Italian family. Yeah, and
3: I love Nothing that. Nothing better I love than thinking,
1: sharing a meal. That no. was
2: actually one of. I, I
3: thought that was one of the better scenes when they're around the dining room table having the pasta and spaghetti, waiting for the father to come home. Yeah,
1: I always do love those scenes when, like, in the Sopranos too, when they're like around a table eating. It's always yeah, just Look. like seems it, so it's authentic. a little
3: yeah, a little over the top. I a think over one the thing top, that copula
1: drama, baby.
3: Okay, all right. Oh, yeah, all
4: right, <laughs> yeah. One thing that talking. Coppola
0: does not get right in this movie is that where is Mama Corleone? She sings at the wedding, and that's all we hear from her. And I just don't, I do not think that is an accurate portrayal of a, a matriarch of an Italian family.
1: And it's not the portrayal in the book. She has a major role in the book. So I was shocked when they didn't really acknowledge her at all in the movie but i get it it's hollywood
3: yes it is hollywood
1: guy
2: We need sunny
1: we don't we need al pacino we don't need her you know what i mean
2: well they didn't even the studio didn't even want al pacino
0: no they did not
1: what do you mean
0: they called him a runt the studio did not want him because he's a runt and he hadn't he had not really been in any movies um and coppola I just want to read this quote from Coppola about his experience with this movie. I don't take a lot of pleasure in anything to do with The Godfather. I love the cast, and I think the film definitely brought out something, but it was a terrible period in my life. I had two little kids and a third on the way. I was living in this borrowed apartment, and at one point, my editor told me that nothing in the film was any good. It was a total collapse of self confidence on my part, it was just an awful experience. I'm nauseated to think about it. I was being told I was going to be fired up until the end of the third week of production. Oh. that was his experience Whoa. making this movie, and it turned yeah, out to be one of the low. greatest movies in Hollywood history. Yeah.
3: <laughs> is that just typical Hollywood, or is that no? I mean, just it's individual that didn't have confidence. No,
2: I believe that because he, yeah, he was at the risk of getting fired up until the end of the of, of production because he he did things like. He wanted Marlon Brando to play Don Corleone, and the studio said, absolutely not. He can't star in this film. Everything that he's done recently has been a flop, and he's also too unpredictable, and he's, he oh. just doesn't memorize lines. The guy didn't, didn't he, memorize like, lines.
1: Wear, uh, didn't he have people put post-its on their heads? so it would look <laughs> like he... Yeah, I heard that actually the other day on a podcast. He was,
0: he was just a kooky I guy. Totally that, but yeah. he, he was also like in his early 50s so he wasn't old enough to be Vito's age
1: That's why is that why I put the the cotton balls in his
0: Well the cotton balls were just for the um his sort of screen test but the actual movie they they made like a mold to put in his oh. mouth to wear
3: steel okay.
2: steel dentures still so yep.
3: is it only until after the success of the movie that they say it was an all-star cast
2: Yeah Yeah
1: Pretty much, like now, this is crazy. like film so, up history. With, up
3: until then, it was a, a second-rate cast. Yep.
2: Hey, second-rate actors.
1: They use like second-rate actors and actresses. Hey. I got you. Oh, that was I a great it. reference.
2: Good callback. Now we Hey, we're back. hey. Yeah, but
3: so how about this one? Oh boy. So Francis Ford Coppola goes and he f- films in Sicily. Yeah. 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 Is that like a badass move to go to Sicily and do a movie? About the mafia? Yeah, like,
1: uh, do you have, like, an army for protection?
3: Yeah. Isn't that, like...
1: Especially back then. Giving
0: them the old middle thing. He did it again in part two, so... There's no way it's
1: not associated with the mafia if he's doing that in, like, Catania. There's no way they...
2: Okay, so, first of all, so there was all this kind of mafia resistance to the production, and uh, Joe Colombo, I guess, was the big mob boss in New York that was, like, leading the resistance to the movie uh-huh. they they had a bunch of agreements like they hired a, a bunch of mafioso so like uh extras i guess that was probably part of the agreement we'll pay your guys uh-huh. they can be extras we'll we'll probably give you a bunch of money as kind of payment so uh-huh. that's that's yep. probably what was happening in sicily i'm guessing but the other thing is um the word mafia does not pop up in the uh in the screenplay i guess yeah so they they agreed you do not say mafia yeah. Reference yeah, and we'll we'll let it we'll green light or whatever but a lot of people so the the godfather comes out and a lot of criminal organizations start choosing roles for themselves based on the godfather like they start asking each other who wants to be don you know and don by the way wasn't a word that was like used i guess in common parlance it was something that uh, uh mario puzo made up for the book
1: are you serious yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know about that one I I thought they always referred no I think I think that's the power of of the godfather and the power of like you know popular culture back in the day is you could make up kind of I mean maybe the word wasn't made up but the association with the head of a mafia you know crime organization as the Don that was a new kind of association so the Godfather comes out and like all these mafia members are like, who wants to be Don? Who wants to be Don? And they're like role-playing the Godfather. I think they liked seeing that representation on screen. They were excited by it. So I imagine that the next time for part two, when they went around shooting that, I'm sure a lot of people were like, absolutely, make another great film that we can enjoy. So along those same lines, I, I thought I saw
3: like some wise guys from the 80s and 90s. The, stories go, the story goes that they thought the movie was a great representation of kind of the organization and how it, the organization and families work, as well as, to your point, they were changing their patterns of speech and the words to mimic characters of the Godfather right. amongst
2: amongst their own conversations. Yeah, yeah. Eh. It's, so yeah it, it, it did even influence them all. And I think, it's a, uh, I think that is a great... It's a it's a micro example of something that happens on a macro scale, which is movies informing life, life informing movies, and, you know, that cycle repeats. It's I feel like that's one of the big things that I remember from my film theory days back in college was dual mediation between life and culture, you know, that Hollywood wants to put out movies that sell, so they want to see what people are interested in, and they kind of you know represent that back to you and then people take that and they go oh that's how I want to you know that looks cool I want to be like that character yeah yeah, yeah. and then uh-huh. the more they do that the more hollywood pumps it out it's kind of this like spiraling effect of uh you know yep. life informing art art informing life and you can't really tell where it ends and where it begins and i think that's what's really interesting about the Godfather and the Sopranos for me is I watch these movies and I watch the Sopranos and I go, oh my god, I see, I see something that feels familiar from my own family, uh-huh. not in a criminal uh, sense at all, right. at all. Disclaimer, huge disclaimer. We are <laughs> going to run this whole episode by our lawyers. <laughs> it's more just like sitting down to a Sunday dinner and having people literally walk in and out of the dining room unannounced, and and. Uh, just the way, I mean, the, the the expressions of love and hard love and tough love and all that and um just the, the isms of people and the characteristics and the, the uncle that isn't really your uncle that uh, is part of the family, like that type of stuff feels <laughs> so familiar to me. And I wonder, is that because we watch these movies and we go, oh, that's how you perform being Italian-American or... Italian-Americanism happened first, and the movies ra- is represented back to us.
1: Is it a chicken or an egg?
2: Or did Francis Ford Coppola
3: do such a great job in representing Italian-Americans? that's the question. That's the question. This movie was what you said was filmed in the 70s. 70, uh-huh. It came out in 72. It's still applicable, enjoyable, relevant today as it was in the 70s, which it's still
2: very entertaining i agree i think there are two timeless aspects one well i mean more than that but two main timeless aspects here like one is the timelessness of just how these italian family units kind of interact and that (laughs) and how that kind of is still with us today and i think the other thing is just the story itself is about this king that's trying to uh you know decide on a son to succeed him right for power they've made succession before succession right in the uh-huh. form of kind of yeah definitely. you know the mafia well, it's just like a, it is a timeless story structure yes so still
3: so a king who is trying to find his successor but isn't there also the love story element there too? is a love story element i have which to
1: love you. story
3: uh, oh what do you mean by that there
1: are a K- few
4: Michael, mike well there's, Michael Michael and K, and
0: K. there's yeah. Uh, what? what the what's Sicilian the other one? Wife? wife.
1: I think C- oh, like Michael right. and his the, father.
0: Uh, Michael and his father, the Sicilian, and wife, obviously I forget the her Sicilian name. girl, Apollonia. She Apologna, was Apollonia. Yeah. Who's there for yeah. five
3: minutes? Know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, All yeah. right. P. And then what about? And so there's the love story. What about the sibling rivalry when Sonny gives Michael a smack on the head? What, are you the co- got to be a college yeah. boy? And Michael
0: has jealousy? to prove himself.
3: Right. Yeah. We,
4: However. As, oh, go ahead, Ash. Can I just say something really? Get in pl- there.
2: Let her Get say something. Let her say it.
1: As a female, when I'm watching this movie, I'm like, "Oof, this
4: is rough."
1: There are no female strong figures in this movie, no. so no. I propose we make a Godfather four, and there are more female powerful characters because, like I said, in the book, that mother. You know how they say in, um oh, one of my favorite lines in uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, the mom's talking about how, you know, the dad runs the family, but she goes, he's the head, but I'm the neck that turns the head.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, we all know that the moms are the head of the family, and I feel like if you need any proof of that, you just look at Grammy Serrano and her wooden spoon, and you realize that.
1: <laughs> in the book, that comes that comes across a lot more. The mom is the one who's really kind of controlling a lot of things. You know, when when Vito gets hurt, she's very much involved. And, like, Sonny she has to talk to Sonny a few times. She calls Kay, and they talk every day, and she's the one who tells Kay to basically come back. So she has a much bigger, bigger role in the book, and I really wish that came across in the movie, but that's not going to happen in a 1970s movie. No, plus hothead Sunny was gonna sell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's but, your but where's the, where's the mother? mother?
0: Where's the mother? I really dislike Kay. Really dislike her.
3: But EJ, you hit it really though. You said he brings in this waspy girl. Yep. She yeah. She was a round peg in a square hole. It didn't she didn't fit.
1: Which is good because you like we just were talking about, not a lot of Italians in the majority of America, so she is everyone else watching this
0: movie. I find her such a weak character, though. She takes Michael back after he's gone for a year.
1: I know it doesn't make sense without the mother. Why
3: do you think? Come on. She, she I mean, some- I I know she wants why, that but money, I think. Honey. I think- I just don't I just like I her. know I just she's like, her. like
2: I wish you should watch the Sopranos AJ, because you would be so frustrated by Carmela who is basically you know the cake I know. and she knows better but she's oh, so she... invested at the same time
3: right I, I want no part of this Where, where's my bag of cash though yeah yeah
1: but at least Carmela dressed the part <laughs> one very
0: quick thing Connie <laughs> a
1: thousand more things Ooh!
0: Connie is Francis's sister Real oh, life nice. sister, Aww, cute. the actress. Yep. Connie. Oh,
3: so the oh, actress really? who
0: plays Connie, Talia Shire, that's Francis Ford Coppola's sister.
3: And Connie is the one that uh, she's the one that gets beat Mr. up by by up
0: her husband. Husband.
3: Yeah. How about that street fight with Sonny at the water, at the hydrant? That <laughs> I mean, good. there are a
0: lot of punches that obviously don't connect. You see that they visually
2: don't connect, but it is it's an aggressive fight. It still. But
3: he takes the trash can yeah. off
2: his knock. <laughs> it. Get... <laughs> yeah. So you have the Godfather, classic film that no one thought was going to be classic until they watched it, and it was decidedly so, and still is the I think the next biggest kind of mafia. Thing in pop culture is The Sopranos, right?
1: No, Goodfellas.
0: Goodfellas feels like a like a '90s update of The Godfather. I feel like Sopranos is very different in that you have
1: it's a new the, the imagining. Don, you, have,
0: you have a dawn character who is in therapy, so vulnerable, talking about his feelings, right. whereas like Michael Corleone. You have no idea what's going through his head.
3: Plus, you get a lot of family interaction in uh, in the surprise exactly I mean, storyline. Families, mm. friends, it's mothers, his family uncles. life.
1: It's his life yeah. outside of the mafia. The mafia part is like a very little. It's a lot. That's it's a great a lot. Point. Some of those scenes, ugh. well, but it's, it's more about his family life and outside of it. That's why it starts in therapy.
3: Well, it's a he runs a business, but he still has a family to tend to. And yeah. While he's running business. And there is a price to yeah. buy.
2: I think, you know, the the two images that
3: come. I to haven't mind...
1: seen the end of it, so no spoilers. Oh, No spoilers. Oh, oh, spoilers. spoilers. I told you I like I can't bring myself to finish it. I think I have like two more episodes That's left crazy, and I just don't know,
2: want to. Finish okay, it. We'll talk about
1: it later. I know. Well, I mean, we'll have to talk about all this again.
2: <laughs> Educational TV as I call it. Yeah. Oh. I think Godfather, I think, of just the wedding scenes open. Like, all those people running around, Mm -hmm. dancing, singing. It's just chaos, but it's like... Eating lasagna, throwing sandwiches at each other. It's so human, and it just feels so real. And then when I think of The Sopranos, I think of Tony... I don't even know if this actually happens in the show, but I just feel like he's in his bathrobe, like, cooking sausages over his barbecue, and they are, like, kids running around. It happens in the show. Yeah, and just having a pool party... And that's, that's right. what those, what these two things going to offer, are like kind of more of the human side or a glimpse into the family life that, like dad was saying, of course, AJ mentioned Tony goes to therapy and he is the don of this organization. And that is where Gandolfini and uh, Marlon Brando totally differ in their characters. It's like, one is, you know, can do no wrong. It's, it's just kind of like totally with it and uh, the other one is having an emotional breakdown and watching ducks migrate in and out of his pool and like I I just love yeah I love that that was the. it seems like such a subtle pivot it's not that big of a thing to just introduce like oh how about a Don with like some emotions <laughs> you know beyond just yeah. love for his feelings. son yeah but uh, it was huge I feel like it was huge isn't that
3: because of the generational difference, the Don was the immigrant. Oh, for so sure. So he didn't see what was ahead of him. Where Tony Soprano sees it now, he goes, wow, life could be, I could have a normal life outside
2: the business. Absolutely.
1: Well, also, yeah. we go from Puzo and Capola to Chase. Capilla. David Capilla. Chase.
2: Ah! It's a new, hey. a new pronunciation. Francis Ford <laughs> Capicola, you know what I mean? <laughs>
3: Speaking of (laughs) Capicola, isn't that Tony's favorite? Yeah. Oh my God.
1: But do you get what I'm saying? I'm saying two Italian uh, names to David Chase, who's the creator of the Sopranos.
2: And the I think the gener the generational difference is huge too. Um,
1: For sure. Because who knows? Maybe David Chase is Italian. I don't know.
2: So the obviously the Sopranos are they're dealing with uh, you know post 9 11 world and that's informing the show a lot. But the generational difference is so striking. Because uh, one of the, I think one of the episodes in the first season or two of The Sopranos, Tony and, you know, a few of his guys go over to Naples and they're like, they're all about going back to the motherland and how they're going to be kind of welcomed mm-hmm. back with open oh, arms. Yeah. And they, they're then a feel this like cultural and familial osmosis where they just kind of like, they get back to it and they're just flailing around in Naples the whole time. Like they they totally stand out. They're totally the Americans, like, you know italian americans at best but they don't know italian words they don't know italian culture and they they kind of return back to new jersey being like thank god i'm home i'm back home like italy is not the home that i thought it was can i just get some macaroni and gravy,
4: Ma che cose, questo gravy? paolo he doesn't know what you say
2: and we have right. another great example of that in oh, season the two of The White Lotus, which just made me laugh so hard, Dad, did you watch this? Yes, but I'm trying to think of the. Scene. Oh, my oh, my oh my god! So here's oh god. the scene. I'm gonna so I'm gonna funny. stumble over the character names. I'm I'm not even gonna try actually. Yeah. But There there are three generations yeah. of Italian American men, right? There's a yep. grandfather, father, and the son, and they're on this mm-hmm. pilgrimage back to their homeland Albie. in Sicily, right? This is the whole reason why they're traveling to Sicily. They want to go back and they want to go to the village that their the family grandfather is from. can't wait to go to see, yeah. see. the, the family house. tracing. The yeah, land. and they're you know the whole conceit here is that this is a thing that um, Italian Americans do. Like we just assume that I know everyone. If you're Italian, you're a cousin. Like we're related somehow. It happened at your 60th yeah. Yeah. birthday day. Remember that guy up in Maine? He just he goes, "Oh, are you Italian? <laughs> we're like we're cousins." You know, I know. it's like. And it just I feels know. like such <laughs> an Italian-American thing to be like, yeah, we're related. Hey, how so you going? We, we assume everybody's right. like that. And right? he just, saying, just like
1: started speaking Italian, like assuming <laughs> right. that we can speak Italian. Right. And I'm not well.
2: saying this is just an Italian-American thing, but it <laughs> yeah, seems yeah, yeah, yeah. to but be a right. thing, especially in New England. I'll anyway, turn. so the this family is going back, and they they found the village where their name comes from, their origins. They find a house with like the last name is the same as theirs. They just drive up to the house unannounced, totally, you know, presuming that they can just visit because that's what you do. And basically, they introduce themselves. They can't speak Italian. And the grandmother, the nona of that family, walks out and just starts cursing at them. Get the hell out of here. I don't know you. Get out of here. Throwing things at them and they scramble away. It's just, (laughs) it's this amazing anticlimactic thing. And I just, I think that's the yeah, that's the generational difference of of uh the Godfather versus like modern day Italian American
1: stuff.
3: <laughs> so the storyline meaning that we as Americans we go over we think we can ingratiate ourselves and now nah, it's not gonna happen. They're just
1: gonna accept us and yeah, open with open arms and bring us in for some pasta <laughs> right. and some wine around the table and that we'll just all kiss and hug and they're just gonna kiss yeah, they us, got, you know. You got
3: chased out with a wooden spoon, I do remember. Oh, it was so funny. <laughs>
2: Right, but I I guess a lot of these assumptions come from the fact that in the movies that we watch and the shows that we love, minus The Sopranos because they're and you know White Lotus because they're offering this counterpoint, but you know Goodfellas, The Godfather, Godfather Part Two, etc., etc. Like we've only seen that warm embrace you know we've seen like oh yeah you you come down you sit at my table like we're italian we're family like come on we're totally fine yes my
3: family which italian dishes are their favorites they'd all agree the olive gardens tour of italy is three of the best
2: lasagna chicken parmesan and fettuccine alfredo with all the salad and breadsticks you want just 9.95 the olive garden when you're here you're family yeah some people see the power of a film like the godfather as you know something that has like seeped into our collective consciousness and kind of informs a lot about our culture and how we see each other and act and it's the reason the godfather might be the reason why you know aj and ashley and i all slip into like an italian mobster act and a robert de niro voice like every once in a while just like willy-nilly and, Once in and a it's while. the reason why even as a kid, when I, like when we were like six years old, we would put grapes in our mouths and our lips and try to do a godfather <laughs> voice, even though we had a, we'd hadn't never seen the movie, but we just knew that yeah. you could do that and say, leave the gun, take the cannoli," And that was like, somehow we just knew, right? And it's like, that's, <laughs> that is proof of the power of this movie.
1: I'll make him an offer he can't refuse, you know what I mean? Hey.
2: So
3: by you still reciting it, you don't find it to be a stigma, then, right? As 30 somethings st- Italian Italian Americans, a hundred
1: percent. I think it is a stigma.
3: Oh, you do? Do you do you feel soiled by it?
1: I think some people probably think so. I don't. I don't think so. No, I don't personally. Care. I'm
3: asking the three of you personally. It took me until college to want
0: to watch this movie because growing up, you know, you just don't want to be associated with. Violent behavior and you don't want to be pigeonholed as like oh you're Italian. So you must like the godfather and then it took me until I think Sophomore junior college and I watched it like I was like actually good movie. I wish I watched it sooner It's a it's a accurate representation of what it's like to be an Italian American even if you're not in the mafia
3: So you don't find anything wrong with it. You don't find that it's disparaging my
1: ex-husband for instance is obsessed by negative stereotyping of Italian-Americans in the media. Italians in the media? The way Italians are often betrayed. I don't follow you. He's offended by Hollywood's betrayal of Italians as gangsters and hoods. Well, Yeah, that, I mean, I can understand that. It just makes people, other non-Italian people, think that every Italian is in the mafia, which gets old. And yeah. everyone says it, but like, it's like no, they don't know anything else. They about they haven't seen Italians. other
0: representations.
3: Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, All right. Because I oh, personally, yeah. I don't find anything disparaging about it personally.
1: But okay. and then you go to Italy. When I send you abroad in Florence, they're selling the Godfather shirts everywhere. <laughs>
3: it's yeah, right. Commercial.
1: So good for them, I guess. We're all just gonna take advantage of it and drink our wine and say Hey Hey, salute.
3: salute. All right,
0: should we do do we have any quick comments before we get out of here? I have a
1: quick I have a quick comment. Um, Okay, go ahead. I have an apology to David Chase. He is Italian American. His paternal grandmother changed the family name from Di Cassari to Chase. I apologize, David. You are Italian. Congratulations. (laughs) <laughs> bada bing bada boom. Okay, what is everyone's favorite current Italian American or Italian TV show or movie?
0: Probably Suspiria. It's uh, an Italian filmmaker, but it's set in Germany. So I guess I, I don't know if that counts that much. But I do love Italian horror. Suspiria, the original
2: one, 1977.
1: Nice.
2: Bubbles? Um I would say call me by your name.
3: Good yeah.
2: one.
1: Yeah. Summer.
3: I'm I was going to say Stanley Tucci. I love Stanley Tucci's show. Oh, oh yeah. you
1: like his show? It got canceled. Sorry. I know.
3: And <laughs> oh. then the other movie was Under the Tuscan Sun.
1: Oh, I like that one. like that Under one.
3: the Tuscan Sun. I don't Sun, know why, why that Leigh. show It's a love got... story,
1: but it's,
0: it's like cute. Italian I like creepy it. guys. Did you say it's a love story, but with a creepy <laughs>
3: Italian guy? <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a love story, and then there's these oh, Italian no. creepy guys that work around a house and just kind of haunt okay. the homeowner who's this attractive woman who's moved there, yep. Oh, they great, haunt to like great. a ghost, okay. No.
1: That sounds great. <laughs> okay, um, Ash, what's yours? Le Pupile. It's the cutest short film that's really funny. It's in Italian. There are subtitles. I think you can watch it on Hulu. It is just like joy and cuteness in set a set in, in a, a film.
0: Catholic boarding school in World War II yeah. era Italy.
1: Yeah. Okay. I highly recommend it. I think it's like probably like 28 minutes. And then I actually always like if I'm having a bad day or something, I love watching season one, uh, episode one of season two of Masters of None with Aziz Ansari. And it takes place in Italy and it's black and white and it's all in Italian Aziz like apparently loves Italy. So his character in the show's name is Dev, and he's like learning how to make pasta at this little Italian restaurant. The Nona there, she like watches her grandson. He's this chubby little Italian kid, and it's so cute and just lovely. So I recommend that as well. I was
3: a chubby little Italian kid. We've got oh, a we surprise,
0: know. surprise guest here. Call Mom. your mother. Mom, welcome what to the is show? Your...
1: <laughs> oh, what do you mean, what's your, to your
0: What's your current favorite Italian
2: movie or show?
1: What's that one? Vinny.
2: My cousin Vinny? Vinny.
1: <laughs> my cousin Vinny.
2: Yeah, Joe Tessie oh. just <laughs> being an attorney. Oof. So great. Oh my God. We watched Long that recently Kai. too. <laughs> so good. Marissa Tomei. All right. Do we have any more uh, quick hits before we sign off here? Oh, I got a quick hit just about the godfather the horse head that they put in that guy's bed as a threat that yep. was real yep. boy no. No. Yeah. no that's what it's yeah, the that's the, another, that was a another that's disgusting. another fact I got Ew, off of 20 badabum facts to your brain why no they got a no, real no horse no, no, head no. from a dog factory according to this oh vlog <laughs> <but>, oh. <laughs> yeah I'm gagging. A no, dog, dog? I don't dog think food. that's true dog food factory <laughs> not a dog factory Listen, why, oh still God. gross. Why, why is there a horse head
0: in a dog it, food factory? You, you don't, don't want to know. know. You don't want to know. know. Uh, back in the oh. 70s, I okay. think
2: they were feeding their dogs. Ooh. How did they? my God! How did they know. get the
0: horse head? You think you would think that the producer would wake up when someone's
2: shoving a bloody horse head into so, under yeah. his sheet? I and know. It's, and, so she another is, another example of uh, life imitating art, I guess. After the movie came out, there was at least one case reported of uh, mafia members sending a threat to somebody by putting a horse head in their trunk. So oh, gross. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: At least it wasn't in their bed.
2: Yeah. Well, all right. That was a gross quick hit. A quick large. hit for that. I
1: know. Can we it's, end on something else? Yeah,
2: I just read uh, As I Lay Dying, William Faulkner. I loved it. Oh. Yeah.
1: Something
0: else.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm reading
4: Lessons in Chemistry.
1: I like that book. It's being made into a limited series with Brie Larson. Oh, gonna be, be great!
4: Wonderful!
2: Wow, quick hits.
1: And that's quick it. Hits. That's a yeah. podcast. Thank <laughs> you. All right. <laughs> All hey,
3: thanks right. for joining us today in the basement. Thanks for week. joining
0: oh. us in the basement, oh. Dad. Thanks for stopping by too, Mom. We love seeing you. You're welcome. Our most popular guest I know. so
3: far, Mom. I don't think I'll be getting invited back, so you'll be back next week.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> no. No. It was a Look lovely times.
4: How handsome and cute!
1: Oh, all my right, goodness. all right. Well,
0: we're gonna we're gonna sign off here. Wrap it you. up. Thank you for listening to Haunted Basement, the podcast. We'll talk to you later. Bye. 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 Bye.